0: Fatima, thank you for coming in today. You have such a tremendous background. You're a key leader within uh, the Avanade Corporation, which is one of the world's largest IT services companies. And uh, you know you're an expert at software engineering and machine learning and artificial intelligence and data science and just a real change maker. And in fact, I really enjoyed you moderating the fireside I did uh, with Afanad. That <laughs> was a lot of fun. It was an Ask Me Anything, by the way, to the audience where we just yeah. put questions in and and uh, we played with those questions and answered them and so on. So, so Fatima, again, I really appreciate you sharing your insights with our audience.
1: Sure. Uh, hey, Stephen, I'm delighted to be here. Uh, I, I also enjoyed a lot to be moderator in the Fireside chat uh, in our Avanade speaking. Uh, so I'm, I'm super happy to start our chat about whatever it is.
0: So, you know, Fatima, you, you've got such a great background and you continue to uh, have great impact. What were the inflection points in your career? Maybe it was something when you were really young or could have been uh, when you're in your early grades, could be somewhere in your family and it could be some of the things that you did in your career as well. So maybe two or three major inflection points.
1: Sure. Well, I think it's not, I'm not an exception. Everyone, like everyone's parent, I think it's the most important important key in, in the success in any way. And it was the same for me. My mom was super... Uh, careful about our education, even in like uh, very early stages, we were like super supervised um, in in details of how we are doing. Uh, but uh, like I I can name some of them, some of like the the turning point that transport my direction a little bit. One was like whenever I was in grade fifth, like uh, super young, there was a. I um I was living in a, like a small town south of Iran and uh there I, I had a teacher uh, and there was a kind of a school for talented students at that time. They had some kind of exam to enter the school. You couldn't like start your elementary school over there directly. And for preparing the exam, my fifth grade teacher helped me a lot and she was like a you know you know what like sometimes you feel like uh, you are a teacher in a small uh, part of the world maybe not that much impact can be done but i feel like I, I i believe deeply that no matter where you are doing uh, where you are what you are doing it's going to have impact and she really was the catalyst for my dreams because i could enter the school for a talented student and from there i i could uh, have like lots of confidence in myself um that I can do things. And the other thing was like in in my grade like seven, eight, I figured out I'm a super math girl. And since then I I think nothing except math. So whenever I wanted to enter a school, um, my first and only choice was the pure math. But another turning point for me was that my my uncle was a professor at, at the university at that time in statistics. And he was like, he, math is not something that you want to do for your like entire uh, career, like the pure math. So he guided me for software engineering, and he said, you're gonna, you're gonna, you 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 will be able to apply your background and your interest in the math for a better cause. So that was another, and I I I'm super happy I listened to him. Uh, so I entered the school. Uh, I could enter the school in one of like top three uh, schools in the Iran. And the reason was, I I can say it was one of the most important reason was my grade fifth teacher. Uh, After that, um, I would say maybe the last but not the least was whenever I decided to come to Canada for um, continuing my education in my PhD studies. That was also something really uh, changing for me because of my background, Even my beliefs and everything was changing whenever I came here it's not only about the career or education world my personality also changed because I could see the world differently
0: you know that's really fascinating so you had a a teacher almost like a mentor in your early grades and that gave you a lot of confidence and then you had this affinity for mathematics you're gifted in mathematics and yet You had a family member say, you know what, who has a professor of mathematics to maybe consider something that really practical, right? So software engineering is very practical. And so you get your undergrad in software engineering, but math will help you in any kind of field of study, especially in software engineering. And then you come to Canada and you're saying Canada was really transformational for you because it opened your eyes to many other possibilities. And (laughs) You got your master's in the artificial intelligence at the University of Calgary, right? Uh,
1: I I did my master in Iran as well. After my master, I came here for my PhD studies.
0: Ah, I see. So your PhD yeah. then uh, at the University of Calgary?
1: Exactly. Yeah, I did my PhD in software engineering at the University of Calgary, but my focus was on applied machine learning.
0: Ah, okay. So that's why you're the data scientist, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, machine learning expert at Avanade now. Yeah. I know your research focuses on things like, what, leveraging feature exploitation to automate practical machine learning with text, image, and tabular data. It sounds like it's a good fit for uh, foundation models.
1: It It is. And the reason is that, like, whenever you come to the world of AI, ML, uh, the the key is data, right? And so if you can get a little bit of each part of the data, no matter if it is text, image, like big tabular data, video, audio, whatever it is, if you can like get the skills to work with those data, you are one step ahead. And that's why like this field was uh, was interesting for me and uh, could catch my eye as I could like uh, be a little bit expert in, in some of these areas.
0: Now, I, I know in our uh, sort of pre, preliminary to prepare for this sort of a fireside chat I did, uh, you mentioned that you were gonna do an internal workshop on foundation mm-hmm. models and, and how to use it and what, what they are exactly. things like that. So so maybe to the audience, cause not everybody knows what it is. Like they hear ChatGPT, they may have played with it. They may have played with uh, GPT-4, which is now part of Chat uh, ChatGPT. Yeah. And they may have attended this uh Google conference last week on yeah. where they where they mentioned Palm 2. And then next week is of course Microsoft Build. Yeah. And, and these conferences are really focused on foundation models. So can you describe what are foundation models, where they fit into the hierarchy of AI?
1: Sure. Um so AI, we have a traditional AI. In the traditional AI, we usually have some of like the tag data and the models. Learn the data, but in the recent generative AI model that, like ChatGPT and other text-based model, fall into that category, um, they are as as it's being said, it's generative AI. Um, it is not it is not the same as traditional AI, but they deeply, um. Uh, being found on deep learning. And deep learning is a deep neural network. It's like a a neural network with many layers and each layer has different capabilities. I won't won't go to the details, I promise. But the thing is that based on that deep learning models that uh, like like a few years back, if you asked me what is like the, the best model now, probably I would say deep learning without any without any pause. But now I feel like, okay, I my understanding of deep learning at that time couldn't be uh, like, wasn't comprehensive enough of like the capabilities. But after we saw the chat GPT and the models in the uh, like NLP world, how they are close to our like human mind, uh, which is both good and which is both scary. Um, I now I'm like okay that is super good but we need to be careful. Uh, so regarding your question, it falls into the modern models in generative AI. We they do have auto encoders like decoding in encoding part. Again, I won't I won't de- say details, but uh, it's kind of different than the traditional models and it's able to learn from huge amount of the data. As you know, these models were learned from whatever was on the internet, including. Many book corpora and the other things uh, until I guess the last one was 2021, but they are they get, are getting updated. Uh, so whatever was there, the model is able to somehow grasp the knowledge from there and reproduce the knowledge for us, which is which is some part that we see it's super helpful in both. Whenever I'm doing the coding, I get help a lot over there. Uh, or I, I I know even like kids in school now are using that for even writing essays or something for them. So it's it's changing the world, but we need to be a little bit um uh, warned about it and think about it as well at the same time.
0: So if if I'm um a business person and, and I I'm mean, I have a company and I'm thinking, you know what, I hear about this chat GPT, I may have played with it how can I use it in my my business? I mean, how do you move from this thing that's available in Bing AI, right? Where people can play with Bing and it has this AI bit in it so they can ask it in a conversational way questions. And it gives these different kinds of responses, very narrative-like. How do you move that kind of capability that everybody's familiar with into, okay, now I want to Uh, optimize my supply chain or i want to optimize uh you know my employee uh, interaction or uh, you know some of the things that are not just pure you know text-based or or chat-based i should say
1: yeah that's true um like there are the thing is that you can imagine it as a i'm i'm saying human but I, I i meant like just the the textual part of human brain that it can understand like your data deeply and can give give you evaluation just as just as a, like a simple example is that you may have um you may have an organization that they do have lots of reports lots of uh feedback and like you 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 give them money and you want to see how they are doing and they give you some kind of reports and like feedbacks and everything, it can be either in like Excel sheet or huge Azure-based database, whatever it is. The thing is that OpenAI can get into that and can like, let's say, provide you with the key factors in each report or, or in each category, or it can put them in the categories like, okay, this category is focusing on the sale, but they are using this language and they are not successful. This category is using, uh, is focusing on ad, and uh, they are successful. And these are the key reasons. I mean, the kind of uh, insights that you can get out of the models is it doesn't have any ending. So uh, again, it really depends on how you formulate and articulate your problem. It's gonna affect what you get from the model but i um it always going to be lots of things over there that can the model can help you with it doesn't matter what which business are you in really it does not
0: you know that's really fascinating and and i guess what it does is it can um, give you insights into things that are happening in your business or in your life or in education. And it seems like it doesn't matter what it is. It'll give you insights or patterns yeah. or associations that you may not have thought of before and then express it in a way that you can understand, right? So it'll, exactly. it'll analyze this and then they'll say, these are the things you need to pay attention to or, or it'll analyze um, uh, different pieces of data. And then and to a spreadsheet say, this is what the graph of it can look like, or yeah. these are the important factors, or these are the dependencies. Uh, uh,
1: absolutely, yeah. And again, it because it it understands um, like human language, it can help a lot, and it has the like computational um, availability and capability to use like all of the human languages at once and give give us a like. A big picture, a bigger picture that maybe some individual human being can can grasp. So that's something that is that that can be leveraged to get the business to the next step.
0: You you may have seen, uh, Jeff Hinton. Uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah. about a week and a half Jeff ago, Hinton, he, yeah. he left Google and then he yeah. uh, sort of been on the road talking about
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: about this and. You know some really intriguing ideas in there. Not everybody agrees, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, some people agree, and some people don't. Yeah. So in other words, some people think that this is something that uh, you know needs to be, be paid attention to, and and I you know I would recommend the audience go directly to hear what he's talking yeah. about. But my my interpretation of what he's saying is is that you know last year he thought humans were better, and now yeah. he's saying that maybe this system is actually more efficient at learning or doing things than humans. And that's, that's sort of like a recent change of thinking of his. Yeah. And so that now creates uh, for him uh, a challenge, a tension, I guess, that you know we have to pay attention that maybe it's actually better at, at doing things. And then if you were to extrapolate on that, that could have consequences, good consequences and maybe some challenging consequences. And, and he talks about how, you know, uh, a, a particular uh, set of this model, this kind of chat GPT instance or GPT, yes. for instance, or or something similar could learn something. And then it could share this with a thousand other instances.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and each one of these instances could be learning something else and they can instantly share with each other. So that's a kind of an acceleration of learning. Yeah. And, and the fact that he talks about a hundred trillion sort of capabilities or sort of the equivalent of parameters in the human brain and and this thing's doing it with about a a trillion and he's saying it and it can do things we can't do. So that's where he's thinking it's more, more efficient in some ways. Did I get that wrong? Or, but again, I recommend the audience go directly and and their own interpretation that kind of that's the way I thought he was saying right so
1: yeah that's that's you said like uh what you said is totally correct um the thing is that what is is becoming a little bit concerning is that so far in the human history like four billion years whatever it is um we always like we didn't need to be worried about um some alien that might know better than us i know like this ai like these AI models that we are referring to, we built them. But exactly as you said, they can learn from each other. I mean, they can improve themselves and they can, at some point, maybe in some parts, I wouldn't say like in biological, I wouldn't say in uh, like robotic part, they won't be like better than human, but it, they don't need that. I mean, but even in the human language part, they are getting better because of like all the, all the uh, parameters that you mentioned. And at the same time, it's super useful and everybody is talking about it, but it we should be concerned because, um. because we saw like, okay, uh, companies, develop ChatGPT or like, I don't know, Lambda or other models. And they are, they are, uh, putting it in, in the public view. Right. But it won't happen for if a company is a biological company and they have like a good virus that can empower people they won't do that they, they they don't have like the regulation to do that so it should be something around this area because it's getting to the point that it can be used with some bad actors and it is i know it is uh, common for everything but just imagine uh, whatever jeff hinton said just imagine it wasn't actually jeff hinton it was like ai based model generated those those speeches and just imagine how much impact it can have on the societies i mean it's just an example i'm a sample of because it's able to generate content super intelligent content we should be aware of like those uh those parts as well i i used to be not not to be worried about ai at all but now i'm i'm thinking i'm thinking about okay we we are human, so we could develop car industry, we could develop drug industry, we could put regulation around it. So no drug can be used and nothing is more like um more powerful to infect in our bodies than drugs, right? But now we could manage it. I, I I'm hopeful we can manage AI as well, but I'm totally with Jeff Hinton in the concerning part as well, because because again. Just, just as a sample, um, like U.S. is the most powerful uh, country in terms of information system and um, how the freedom of the speech is over there, but just um, can we imagine that uh many of the people over there do not have the belief that vaccines can work. I mean I mean it's just the ability of the AI and the information that you give the people to change the direction that the people are thinking about. So it's it's just something that we need to we need to think about. And as human society I, I'm pretty sure we can get to the point that we are confident and safe whenever we are using using AI. So, yeah, I, I totally understand what he's saying, both on the good side and concerning side.
0: You know, it's it's, it's really interesting, and that's why I'm really looking forward to some of these conferences. You know, like catch, I catch yeah. the NVIDIA ones, and then I caught Google I.O. last week, and I'm going to catch uh, Microsoft Build next week because you can see okay. just this rapid evolution that's occurring in all of this. But there's so many practical uses too, right? I mean, yeah. Um, you could even use it in, in, in sort of drug discovery. You could use. Exactly, the, yeah. And the, the positive
1: drink. side is is like, um, is un- unbelievably big. So I'm not, I'm saying like, it's super, super, super good. But again, because of like the, the regulation and that, the accessibility that everyone has, we should be just. You should just be aware of like the potential over there that someone is is getting a little bit more intelligent than us in the language part, and the language is everything that we use to communicate and uh, to convince people and to to do build our society. So just just we need that regulation, I guess, as Jeff Clinton is saying and others are saying, uh, like Elon Musk and like Bill Gates, others that that like signed that. Um, Leather as well I mean they're just saying okay let's pause and decide I, I wouldn't say how I we don't know yet but we need to think about it
0: and then how do, how do you prepare um, engineers so um, a lot of my audience are, are software engineers and they're interested in this and maybe they they're not active in it and yet now they're going to have to start ingesting this into their their businesses and companies maybe government agencies wherever they work Do you have any sort of recommendations how software engineers can get involved in learning about this and then actually applying it in a safe way, and and then uh, you know what are sort of the steps to do that?
1: Sure. Uh, So the first step, if if I'm if I'm if I want to like if I want to put some direction for someone new to get to this world, gonna be okay. We you need to be familiar with ML models like mathematic uh how they, how they work and then in the with the deep, deep learning generative ai and then get to the point that you you make yourself comfortable with the UI. It can be in Azure OpenAI or other like other Google-based models or Databricks model or Facebook models. They, they they are all giving out uh great models. So those are the steps to be to be the place that you can actually use the tool and make Something useful for your business or the company that you are working for, uh. But for the um, for being responsible, everyone is responsible. But I wouldn't say, um, like the the lay audience gonna be gonna be those that have the. Um, power to make those regulation we need to uh, like use it responsibly as like we do have tools in responsible ai in in azure in microsoft and other other companies as well so we can use those tools for sure uh, but still uh, maybe it's not like it's everyone responsibility to be at that point but it's not uh, but what i'm t- uh, what jeff hinton is talking about or others are talking about maybe it's in much more higher level uh, about like being concerned than individual level, which individually we can handle it, I guess, well, and uh, because the tools are kind of handful for now.
0: You know, what do you think about it in uh, used in code gener- generation and being this sort of assistant or, you know, different people call it uh, different things uh, like a co-pilot to help in writing code. Uh, you know, what are your opinions on that, and where do you think that's going to evolve, and in fact. Uh, I I, I participated, in other words, I was in the audience of a big uh, talk um, last week, and there was the CEO of a software development company, and he was saying something like, it's a really effective tool, and and even the cost is so low, and there's numbers like, uh, if you're in Silicon Valley, and you had a high-end software engineer with benefits, probably like $1,200 a day, that's how much... That software engineer is going to cost, and he estimates that using one of these auto uh, or not auto, but using um, uh, generative AI to help you write code, he's thinking it it's down to like twelve cents a day. You know? I do so, agree.
1: Yeah, I I do agree, and uh, it it, I'm in the software engineering industry and data science industry. I know it might be okay, scary in terms of many might lose the job, but just I I think about it as a, like like a traditional format of like I don't know building the car or building like the things that we didn't have the firm to automate everything. So we lost many of the workforce whenever we could automate everything. It's the same here. I know um uh, I know like many might be scared okay if if it is that case um so I might um i might be in the position that i i might lose my job but the thing is that yeah it's going to be less on the coding itself pure coding but uh still there are lots of new skills to be learned whenever we we approach this this generation and this uh like this phase of the ai so i won't be worried about like again yeah the pure coding the basic coding that it's been used everywhere, so you like we don't need software engineering anymore to like write everything from scratch. We can use Gen AI and in much much less like, but we do need always a person to, um, monitor what Gen AI is uh, producing. But it's gonna take much less time. Uh, so I I I I'm not sure about the like amount of the like money that you said, but I I'm I'm pretty sure it's gonna save a lot for the businesses. But at the same time. Uh, there is a, a double-edged sword. So at the se- at the same time, the those people like like me that are in this industry, we need to be prepared to empower ourselves as the technology is going on. Uh, we can get ourselves uh, like capable with the new technologies which is emerging and make 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 ourselves updated all the time. It's gonna help us a lot.
0: Are you spending quite a bit of time then sort of uh, sandboxing some of this, playing with it? Um, Because, you know, you're, you're the lead in data science and machine learning for a big company. So, and you've got a lot of engineers. (laughs)
1: Yeah, That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I, I really did. And for me, I started sandboxing and recently uh, because I was aware of the math behind it, but I recently was like, okay, maybe I need to know math in this specific aspect of the model. So even like jumping into the details background is still something that never ends. Again, like, because I have PhD, maybe like many things PhD is something that you know a lot, but really it's not. It's like, you know, uh, in one subject um, in a time a lot, but after that, specifically in this like AI world it is changing minute by minute so it won't be enough I don't know PhD like or, or being prof at the school you always need to be learning and like again every new tools that comes out or even you need to be researching you need to propose a new tool sometimes so it's up to us to um to make ourselves Uh, familiar with everything. Like I wouldn't say everything, we cannot be familiar with everything, but the things that we see in our past that might be useful.
0: You know, there's this term called hugging face, which is like an open source uh, community now where, you know, there's all of these uh, sharing of uh, different uh, capabilities within the generative AI. It's kind of an odd name. It is, yeah. And then there's this thing called LangChain where you can, again, do something similar, but you can uh, figure out ways to ingest uh, different data sources and making them part of this uh, uh, solutions and putting them together in agents and, and so on. And then there's this idea of auto-GPT where mm-hmm. you can give it sort of like an end goal and then it itself prompts. And, and for the audience, when you prompt, that's how you get it to do something. But what if the thing self-prompt prompted working towards a goal um those are really interesting things and then there's this paper that just came out where they're saying that they can do a million tokens and a token is almost like a word
1: yeah almost yeah
0: yeah so if if you work with uh chat gpt you're you're limited in the number of kind of words you can give it and and it could spin out right from yeah i think the limit now is thirty-two thousand tokens or something but a paper comes out and says now you can do a million. Mm-hmm. Uh, tokens. That means it can it can sort of ingest all of that the, and and sort of cogitate and do something with it, right? So
1: yeah.
0: Um, so what are your views of all of that? A million tokens from thirty two thousand tokens. This Lang Chain uh, idea, the Auto GPT, this Hugging Face. Idea uh, in Google AI. They said that their Gemini model, which they're training now, can plan and has memory, <laughs> All right? Oh, and again, audience, you you take a look. You know, may, maybe I misinterpreted, but that's that's kind yeah. of what I heard, right? And those are things that are where thought impossible, right? Uh, yeah. To have something do that—that's that's, that's machine-based. Now, what what are your views on that? And of course. Microsoft will have something even bigger, and OpenAI will become the things that are bigger. So, you know, so I gave a lot of ideas here. Your thoughts yeah. uh, one more, all of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, my thought is that um it's 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 never ending. Uh we are in a research path which is super great, and it is getting to the next step again, as I as I said, as you said, like. Um, auto GPT models that they they do this prompting automatically to get to the goal that they want. So everything looks like, okay, we are uh, creating something as intelligent as we are. in again, I'm talking about the language part of the brain, but uh, those capability, but I, I should mention that we, we, we are able to do that because of the great hardware uh backbone that we have. If we didn't have those computational backbone, we won't be able to train that that big. So again, it's it's um I would say it's in a big company's head. It's not like me, I can't train that model because I won't have like any individual. I won't have those access to those uh like supercomputers or like those computational um those computational hardware so that's a thing that that we shouldn't miss it is not like available for everybody to to uh, I would say train it from scratch yeah we can get the model that it's gpt or davinci model or whatever the model is that retrain it on our data but it still is on based on the model that already was trained um and um, so the thing is that it is super super exciting because we are seeing like many improvement uh and and can you believe that that they all started in the last year i mean before last year if someone told us like okay uh in the next year um for me even even myself for uh, if someone told me that next year you won't use google search that much you won't be in the stack overflow that much for your course. You are probably just talking with something and it will provide all the answer you need. It, it was like, I was like, no, that, that's not possible, but now it's possible. So everything that you mentioned, um, from like hugging face or the auto GBT or like 1 million tokens availability, all of those are just something that I'm, now open to be surprised surprised with um and i feel like yeah we're gonna get even more surprising news in the in the future
0: oh fatima i mean one of your jobs is to read some of these uh, new papers coming out and can you can you tell me what's that like because it, it has the pace increased on the number of papers yeah, or- <laughs> yeah it's
1: um it's not easy and uh it leads you to be picky a little bit because you won't have even just, I want to be, uh, I just want to be expert in computer vision. That's it. Like just in the image, not video, not audio, even that piece itself is, is unbelievable, big, like lots of super great conferences about computer vision, like CVPR and others. So, um, even just that direction itself won't be, um, won't be something that i myself can keep myself up to date always but the thing is that i need to peak based on the work that i am doing just to make sure i'm using the latest uh knowledge to do that and usually i would say research is uh, one step ahead of the what we apply in the uh, in the industry it, i i'm I, i'm not saying it's good or or anything, but it is how the research is because it's the nature of the research even like deep learning itself I guess you remember uh, originally was introduced I don't know in early 2000, but no one touched it no one figured out it's that much useful until uh, like six, seven years ago that they started using it in the like image net and those kind of things, just figure out, oh, how much it's useful. So it was like there for 15 years, we couldn't figure out how much like it can be useful. So yeah, this, um, I try to keep myself up to date and it's my responsibility to that, but I need to be picky in terms of like, which knowledge I'm gonna be gaining in this current time because of like this, again, as you said, there are many out there
0: you know you talked about the compute cycles required to train these things and you know there's this underlying cost some people are saying 50 million maybe 100 million to train some of these really yeah. big big foundation models and yet you have this whole open source community that's creating mm-hmm. tinier models even ones that you can use on a on a, on a good workstation laptop let's say yeah and its performance is getting close to one of some of these big ones. And I'm I'm thinking like the cuna is one that yeah. there's been some a lot of excitement about, but alpaca from from Stanford before that. You know, what are your views about this open source community? And then there's that leaked paper from a big big tech company and where they say, you know what, open source maybe even or my interpretation of that leak was the open source is a could be even more dynamic than the big techs and and maybe even more capable yeah uh, so what are your views do you do you follow uh the things that are happening in github and other sort of open source communities and and the and have you played with some of these smaller models to see what they look like and how they feel i
1: myself haven't had the chance to play with these smaller model but um like uh, my husband is doing that because of like the system that he is working on, and he he explains to me how much it's different than like uh, let's say if he is working with GPT 3.5, which is the model behind Chat GPT, and I know like how things are going, and I do agree about like the open source community. It's more dynamic, and the reason is that they don't have those regulation obstacles, um uh, like. To be to being handled with, so they can, uh, they can develop and uh, release the models, models or codes or tools much more easier. And I do agree, it's more dynamic, but still, we cannot, we cannot deny the, the power of the money behind the big companies as well. So that's, that's a driving point to that, that can like, Maybe the open source community can't keep can't keep up with.
0: When you when you look at Auto GP, uh, GPT and um, that just really exponentially got a lot of attention and, and a lot of people started playing with it and there's even free ones available where they'll give you uh, the capability to drive a certain target and then. It'll do it until it runs out of sort of the free compute cycles. And then they say, you got to get a, like an official license from OpenAI or somebody like that. Right. Um, But the fact that anybody could do this, anybody could play with this, right. Or uh, you can download this thing into your computer to play with it. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you have to go online to somebody who's offering it. I mean, that's, that's, I don't know. Yeah, yeah
1: that's. That's the thing that I was talking about at the very first of our conversation. It's that, uh, again, it's the same as it's not it's not different really than um, like uh, like I don't know the just the drug company that they want to release. It's even if I am a private company that I don't get financial support from any government, even I'm that that company or that person, I still cannot like release a drug myself that I'm building in my house. Right? Again, we, if there are something out there that we see is super useful, but can be used, um, with bad actors and we need to be aware of that. And again, I, I, I guess I emphasized a lot today about this part of being Uh, you misusing the AI and usually the people that are in this world uh, don't do that they just say how much great it is and I know like the audience know how much great it is but I just want to I just want to give the hint that again because of the great guys are giving the hint that it's getting super intelligent and whenever it's getting super intelligent it means that it has the ability to influence people and whenever it has ability to influence people, we need to manage it somehow.
0: You know, Fatima, you you talked about, let's say last year, somebody had come to you and said, by the way, in a year's time, this is what you would have gone, no, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> and a lot of these, and uh, my, in my opinion, I think even some of these uh, uh, top Deep mind people would have thought the same thing, or you know, many of them, right? They would have said, no, it's it's not gonna happen. And there, there's these uh, you know, major strides, like let's say you have a system that has the ability to uh plan. So that's the plan, right? Um mm-hmm. and, and, and Google's announcement of Gemini State is gonna have plan, it's gonna have memory. And um And you have access to the internet, let's say, through through one of these uh, foundation models, and it can self-generate its own sort of prompts to take action towards a goal. And it can create code and actually look at that code and make corrections to fine-tune that code. Yeah, Those are pretty amazing things.
1: It is, yeah.
0: And that's just in the space of less than a year, really, when all of this came out, right? So. Wow, what is next year gonna look like? So Fatima, (laughs) what is next year at this time gonna look like?
1: I don't know. I really don't (laughs) Uh, because um, I would say sometimes this rise in the technology is happening. I wouldn't say the next rise in the next year gonna be as big as this one. I can't see it in the like next, next year. Again, I don't know really, no one knows. But because of this one being that much big, um I'm pretty sure we're gonna see something fascinating and astonishing soon. But I, I don't know um when it's gonna be. Because like I see it it's it being like the this powerful ability being come like it's just like a, a guess being being combined with biological science. Uh, how are they gonna affect like the longevity of the people? I mean, it's something like this, or any other any other direction in human life can be affected by this discovery here. Uh, so I I don't know, but I think something's gonna happen. Big.
0: Yeah. I'm just reflecting again. I mean, uh, the this thing comes out, and the people start you know the the general public starts playing with it and then they realize that if you chain uh, thoughts together you uh, chain of command right COT they call it and they prompt it in this kind of chain of command or chain of thought I guess uh, yeah COT chain of thought method you get better results and then if you get it to reflect on its results to Say, where are the inaccuracies and, and can you improve it? You get better results. And then if you get it to select amongst multiple alternative results that do and say, why is one better than the other and kind of optimize for that, you even get better results. So, you know, there's this um um language understanding uh test. Uh, I think they call it an mlu right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a way of assessing how good this thing is and I think chat GPT-4 is like at about an 86%. And some people, mm. some, may, or maybe only one person, but there's this idea that maybe if you hit a 95%, then you've got like AGI, right? Yeah. But if, but what I'm, what I'm seeing is, is that if you do this uh, chain of thought with reflecting, getting it to reflect, yeah, and getting it to select and you automate that process, you're going to get maybe over 95%. Because you can do that manually now right yeah and we got auto G- gpt where you can get it to but you could you could get auto G- gpt to combine those things right and, and in fact even does a little bit of that now so and so then you get it planning and memory
1: mm-hmm. that's true
0: that could happen this year
1: oh really <laughs> Okay,
0: right? I didn't that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just speculating. Yeah, fact- yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It, it totally makes sense, and that's the thing. Now it makes sense. Yeah,
0: it could be happening, but not be released yet.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that's the point. And- um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's getting to there. I I see that, but I don't know how will how will government and everything gonna handle that because. Um, like the concept of AGI, again, it's super big, and I don't think we are now prepared to be there. I mean, again, we were not prepared to be here as well, so we need we need to figure it out. I think.
0: Yeah, or yeah, young uh, Lakuten could sort of say no, that it can't do that. It, you need that sort of uh, kind of hybrid model, or sort of that's more complicated with yeah. doing that, right? And- yeah deep learning is not enough. And I, I watched a, um, a small lecture, he did, and I thought, well, really, that's really interesting. Um, who's going to win? <laughs> and the young lacun is kind of thinking or um, this thing that's happening where we're with these um, foundation models and what's happening, who's going to win?
1: Hmm. That's, I don't know, that's a $1 million question, right? So
0: yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I I really don't know.
0: <laughs> it's gotta be a really exciting time for you though, because you're you're in the middle of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and you you sometimes you feel responsible because not everyone around you, like in family and friends, knows the AI deep. And they are like they sometimes my dad come back to me and they say, is it really true? And I'm like, yeah, it is. And so, I mean, so even like being that reference to confirm some news from something that might be just a fake news, it's like my responsibility rather than the, the company's job, um, which is again, which, which as you said, I'm in the middle of it and I don't know the direction and I really can't predict the future, but I have some feelings that um, as you said, some of these change might happen that really gonna change every individual life uh, tremendously.
0: You know, Fatima, in our discussion, we're even having trouble predicting this year or even next year. Can you imagine?
1: Exactly. Yeah. I five, like five years. Yeah. Twenty years from now. <laughs> yeah.
0: You time and you and you have quantum computing and. There's this uh, idea of marrying quantum computing with some of the things that's happening and, uh machine learning in, in a way that seems uh, to make sort of double optimization kind of capabilities. I mean, all of this is quite amazing, isn't it? Okay, so this, wow. this is like in the last minutes, uh, any topics you just want to freeform talk about and then what are your final recommendations to the audience?
1: Thank you, thanks a lot. Uh... My recommendation is still, I feel like um, some are at this point that is computer science world is still um, a a reliable industry for us because of everything is getting automated. Maybe there won't be a job if I want to like start learning it now in like five years. My answer would be like, no one knows the future, but I know it's getting automated, but it's uh, it's opening the avenue for lots of new technologies in the industry as well. So yes, it's. I think it's still reliable if you are interested in to pursue your dreams in this world and in this direction. So from someone who didn't want to start it, but I'm super happy that I did. Yeah.
0: And maybe I could add a bit of a an addendum to as you have to be agile. You got to exactly. constantly be willing to learn.
1: Yeah. Uh, exactly
0: and be adaptable well you know uh fatima thank you for coming in and sharing your insights i mean you're driving it you're impacting the world uh thank you. and the work you're doing and uh a great conversation with you and uh thank look you. forward to more so thank you again.
1: thank you yeah i enjoyed it as well thanks a lot thank you for listening to the brand called you videocast and podcast